What is going on guys? Welcome to the Fitness Business Life Podcast with me, Stephen Clark, and my co-host, Michael John Lennon. What is poppin', Steve-o? Not a lot, man. What about yourself? Good, good. Just pumped for today's episode. Absolutely. So I'm today... talking about myself. <laughs> we all know how much you love that. Everyone loves talking about themselves. So yeah, we're taking a wee bit of a different turn today. Uh, instead of talking about a topic or a subject, we're going to talk about you. So, I've got a couple of questions, and I'm just going to fire through them, and you're going to drop wisdom bombs on everybody, and let everybody get to know you a little bit better. Sound good? Sounds fucking awesome. Cool. So, first of all, what made you open a gym in the first place? Okay, so, um, my a lot of my uncles were all really into their fitness. Mum's brothers, in particular, were heavy into bodybuilding, and I would have spent a lot of time in different gyms with them in particular my my uncle Eddie who used to bring me to Maysfield way back in the day if anyone's from Belfast that will resonate with him especially people from Short Strand or Markets Um, so he used to bring me to Maysfield and I would have spent a lot of time in the gym and it was always an environment that I loved even whenever I was really young like seven eight nine years of age I was like Eddie will you bring me to the gym will you bring me to the gym and he would have done that now and again when we were allowed and on top of that, I, I was always, he always, um, like I say, he was heavy in the bodybuilding. So he always had like magazines lying about the house, um, you know, with Gold's Gym in the magazine and just different places. And it was always something that, that fascinated me. And I suppose for me, it was just destiny that I always, it was an environment that I loved. I always wanted to be there. And if you're, if you can combine that with your work, then that's absolutely perfect. Even though it kind of didn't start out that way whenever I left school, but it was always, a thing that I gravitated towards. It was always I was always in gyms from a very very young age. Yeah. So it was a, a natural progression. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so whenever you first opened the gym, mm-hmm. obviously things are a lot different now. Different facility, different yeah. clients, all that kind of thing. But at the very very beginning, how did you go about attracting your initial clients? Okay. So uh, much like a lot of personal trainers started doing, we started training friends, family. Um, and it, it just basically escalated from there. We got referrals. Uh, social media was pretty early at the time. We were posting results, like before and after photos on Facebook. You were one of our very first customers in our first gym. Yeah, that's true. Which was literally like a, a loft above my father's bar, mm-hmm. uh, his pub in Belfast City Centre. It was literally, a, it was a loft. We knocked down a few walls, a few stud walls, created more of an open space. Um, we built a few dodgy squat racks, I'm sure you'll remember, a few dodgy pull-up bars as well. Um, you had to cut a part out of the ceiling to get the pull-up bars in, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we, we basically, like it was, a, we, we just brought in friends to help us kit out the, the facility. We didn't have much money to spend on it um, because we didn't really know how this was going to pan out. We did, we, me and myself and my business partner, PJ, we just, we just kind of thought this is going to be a good idea because we had kind of outgrown um the the boxing club so we were training people in the boxing club for uh for a couple of years before we decided to then open the facility and we were then it it came to the point where the classes were getting really big and then we were colliding with the the fighters training time because there was more of a demand for 
for training. Um, we couldn't train people one, on a one-to-one basis there. So we're like, right, okay, we've got to do something about this. And we decided to open a gym. And it was kind of, because of the area that myself and PJ grew up in, it wasn't a very big area. So everyone picked up on it real quick. Yeah, everyone um, knew each other. and Everyone yeah. knew each other. Those guys are training people. We'll we'll kind of we'll give them the business essentially was probably the the way it worked out. So mm. it, it 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 was a good move to begin with. As most personal trainers will start out training friends and family. Mm. Uh, the only problem with it comes that you know there there becomes a point where there's just too much familiarity and familiarity breeds content. Yeah, you know, yeah people yeah. start people start to sort of take you for ah it's just my mate. It's, yeah, it's not really his business. You know mm-hmm. he didn't have to pay bills. It's okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, him later it's not their fault i mean it, at the end of the day it's the fault of the person who's running the business but it, after a while it kind of becomes like that so you kind of need to then branch out slightly yeah. more and do you think that that ever crossed um over when it came to their actual training their progress you know like they're training with their mates so they maybe wouldn't have taken it as seriously or oh, anything yeah, like that like 110 percent. like these days um Myself and PJ, obviously, we we a bit more savvy in terms of how we run the business, mm-hmm. um, and we know that if if you're running a business in that way, it's not good for both the business owner nor the person who's you know bought into whatever type of program that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if they're charged less, if there's not a proper structure set in place, they essentially don't value the program. They don't show up. They don't get results, and it's just—it's a vicious cycle. It's yeah. not—it's not good for neither the business owner nor nor the person who's expecting a result. Yeah, and that'll loop back again because if you don't have the results to show for it, then you have nothing to promote, and yeah. then chances are you're not going to get more referrals or anything like that. Yeah, it's a vicious circle. So real simple. I mean, and I say to this, we're we're going to talk about um, the academy in just a bit, but I say this to all of our students, I'm like charge what you're worth from day one, yeah. which we didn't do. Um and you know I, I don't regret it because it, it taught us a lot of valuable lessons, but I like people to learn from my mistakes rather than you know making making that mistake themselves. So just learn from my mistakes. Charge what you're worth from day one. Both you and the customer are then compelled to deliver on their actions. So yeah. that would be probably the best piece of advice I would give any new startup. Awesome. So. Working in the fitness industry, mm-hmm. what is the best thing about it? Um, I mean, you know, you, you're you're going to know this too, dude. I would say just having the ability to change people's lives, just having the ability to impact people, to actually turn someone into a completely different person. Because I'm sure you've noticed this as well. Whenever people come in and they train with us and uh, just to use an example of just a recent guy that, that we use, Darren, mm-hmm. like he is just a completely different person. Yeah. It's the, not the even difference even physically as well. Physically, but mentally, emotionally, like he's just so more open, bubbly. Whereas I, I remember the first few times he came in, he was kind of a wee bit timid. Yeah, but sheepish about the place. Which most people will kind of be like that anyway. Yeah. But now I see in this dude, it's like, holy shit, like who is, who is this person? Yeah. And, you know, just seeing that makes absolutely everything worthwhile. Yeah. Just seeing someone make a complete transformation like that for the better is like, is the, hands down the best thing about the industry. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So on the other side of things, working in the fitness industry, yes. what is the worst thing about it? 
Right, okay. Um, so I would say the onboarding process in terms of the education is the worst thing about it. And this, I, I just heard this statistic yes, yeah, yesterday actually. Um, it came from John Berardi. Four out of every 10 personal trainers drop out within a year. That's short? Yeah. That's short of a time? Yeah. Wow. Four out of every 10 drop out within a year. So I was like, holy fuck, like surely, you know, that, that can't be good. Because here's the thing, right? And again, if we go back to how this uh, cycle takes place, if we, if we bring in uh, a trainer and they're well-informed, already they're passionate about helping people. Like there's a reason why they want to get into the fitness industry because they know how good they, they know how good it feels to be fit and healthy and move well and they're passionate about it and they're driven by it and they want to project it onto other people. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is they go, okay, well, this is how I'm going to do this. I'm going to get qualified. I'm going to get a certification and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to show people how this is done so that they can feel it as the, the type of impact that I've got from fitness. So they come on board and then quickly they realize that, holy shit, this is harder than I expected. I thought if I just get this certification and I get qualified, people, I mean, you know, fitness is fitness. Is it going to make people feel good? Why don't they want it? Mm -hmm. And it can be very frustrating for people. And if at the beginning, if their onboarding process, if their initial education doesn't provide them with the tools in order to start making an impact straight away, in order to create a business straight away, it's very, very hard. And that's the reason for the drop-off. Mm -hmm. Because, the, yes, the industry is competitive. But where we live alone, I mean, there's 500,000 people that are, like, registered, overweight, almost clinically obese. Yeah. 500,000 people. Now, if you take, there's what? There wouldn't even be, like, 10,000 personal trainers on the market. Yeah. So that's, like, a 50 to 1 ratio. Yeah, so right. each of those personal trainers should be should having like 50 statistically people. have 50 people that they can grab and, you know. And help. Yeah. So if you, if you think about it in those terms, it's not really a saturated market. The problem is that, well, I, I know exactly what the problem is. It's marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're taught how to train people, but you're not taught how to market your services and you're not taught how to sell your services. So... It becomes a struggle then getting people on board. It's not you're not fighting with other trainers for people. It's you're fighting for people to get them to realize what it is that they need to do in order to take action. So to answer your question, sorry I kind of went off um, topic there slightly. It would definitely be the onboarding process in the industry, mm -hmm. um, and. I've seen a problem with that and I'm doing something about it yeah. essentially um, with Elite Fitness and Performance Academy. Cool. So while, while we're on the topic then, how yes. did you kind of go about making the change from, you know, I'll say just, but just PT and gym owner to providing fitness education for people? Uh, so I've seen a problem and I wanted to solve it. That, that was pretty much it. I've seen a huge problem. Um, because I had been through the initial education that a lot, like 99.9% .9 of trainers go through. And I was like, holy shit, there's got to be more to this. Like, there's got to be more to this. Luck lucky enough for me, I spent 
a lot of time in gyms, as I said earlier, when I was a young child. So I knew I knew all the names of all the lifts and I, I, I kind of knew how they were executed and I kind of had a good broad range of information. Mm-hmm. Um, but even at that, I, I still deep down knew that there was so much more to this. Yeah. So I was like, that's a problem and I'm going to try to solve that problem. Yeah. Um, so that that was it. And I suppose I I did pick up a lot of knowledge in my first few years as a coach because I seen a problem straight away. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, there's got to be more to this. So I just went and invested more money in myself. I went and done like every single course that I thought was worthwhile doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also done a lot of courses that weren't worth worthwhile doing. And so, you learned something in that in itself as I, well. Yeah, 100% mate. Like I, I learned what didn't work. I learned what worked. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, right, okay. So I've got all this information and I need to do something with it. Like I need to pass it on. I, someone has to know this stuff and they have to know that this, just this, what they're given, there's more to that. Like you can help so many, so much more people in a more effective way if you have this information. Yeah, and you know one thing that uh, one thing that I will say as well, a lot of people have a tendency in the fitness industry to withhold information, right? Almost to have like an edge or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I've actually been asked on on past courses as well, like uh, by some trainers. Now they they'll say, "Do you like do you not mind giving away all this information?" Because literally, like I I will. Take someone in who's, uh, and they almost become like a rabbit in the headlights, and they're like, "Holy shit! Like I didn't know all of this was a thing." And yeah. I'm like, "Oh yeah, so here's how you train someone. Here's how you start off. Here's the systems we use in order to get someone results on the gym floor. Here, here's the business systems we use. Here's the programming we use. Like literally, I just give them everything, and they're like." I'm going to go out into the fitness industry and probably open a gym and you've just told me all this stuff Yeah, uh, uh, that's probably going to make me like so much more money in comparison to the money that I've invested in this course. Yeah. And here's the thing that I will say about that, right? Like, let, let me ask you a question, right? What, what do you, what do you put here for on this earth? What is our, what is your primary purpose to do on this earth? To build relationships and yes, yes, move but, people forward. Move people forward. So how do you do that, right? How, how do you move people forward, right? Well, Having some it, sort of positive impact, I but, suppose, yeah. But essentially, you, you pass on, you're put here to reproduce and pass on DNA, yeah. essentially. you yeah, put yeah. here to produce another person. Like, that's nature, right? Mm. Produce another person and pass that on. Mm. Passing on knowledge is essentially like passing on DNA because it lives beyond the person who's actually passing it on. Yeah, yeah. So... Like, if I see someone using something that I've given them, I'd, like, I'd just be filled with so much pride that I'm like, I fucking give that to that person. They've used that. They've got someone else an amazing result. And do you know what? Like, whatever happens to me in the future, if I'm not in this game or if whatever the fuck, if I get knocked down by a bus tomorrow, that information and that knowledge stays forever yeah because it's passed on forever exactly yeah. like your dna yeah your outreach is a, a whole lot wider than it would have been if you had kept it to yourself exactly so like i can't bring it to the grave with me so someone else may as well benefit from it yeah that's class yeah so going from gym owner the fitness education provider mm-hmm. 
what was the big fear? I'm sure that there was a lot of fears going on at the time, but if you had to choose one of them, what do you think would be the main fear making that change? Uh, okay, so we, at the time of transitioning, we were also expanding our facility into the facility that we're in now. Um, so there was big fear around, am I taking too much on board here? That was one of the things. I would say the biggest fear, though, was is there going to be a demand for this product? Like, even though I say, yeah, there's more to the industry, even though sometimes, you know, I'm going to have the ability to show them if I get them on board, but are people actually going to listen to me? Because at the end of the day, no matter who you are in business, everyone suffers from imposter syndrome. Regardless of whether you're, a CEO that's, that runs a, a billion dollar company or, you know, if you're just a startup, whatever, like every single person, I, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a fact actually. So um, there was a question asked and I think it was like Oxford students um, and it was like a bunch of medical graduates and they were like top of the class, top of their schools, like this group of people and say there was about 300 of them in the class they were all asked to, they were, they were all said, okay, put your hand up if you don't think that you deserve to be here, right? Mm-hmm. And like 90% of the class all put their hands up, even though they had gotten grades coming out of their fucking arseholes. Like literally, these are the smartest students around in, in that field. And 90% of them all put their hands up and said that they didn't feel that they deserved to be there, even though they had passed exams. And basically what that is, is imposter syndrome. And everyone thinks, everyone basically devalues their their talents. Everyone thinks, oh, why, why, would anyone, why would anyone listen to me? Like, why would anyone want that information that I can put across? Mm-hmm. And even though, like, I, I like, knew shit about kettlebells, barbells, calisthenics, like, all of this stuff, I was kind of thinking to myself... I know but like why would anyone want to learn this from me yeah. and everyone gets that so I would say the biggest thing that I suffered with was imposter syndrome and quite quickly you, you kind of realize whenever people are coming to you and this is the and this is the thing uh, one thing that um, I've learned if you want to change your thought process it's done in two things um, repetition and emotion so I just, even though, even though I was um, questioning it, I was just like, do you know what? Even though I'm questioning it, I'm still going to do it yeah. and we'll see what happens. So that was the repetition. I just kept on putting in the reps and I just kept on delivering courses, kept on, um, you know, delivering seminars, doing videos, like all of this stuff that generates more business, obviously, um, and captures more attention. But then also... Um, emotion because in that time I could literally and this is what I fucking live for by the way I could see people's uh, them having light bulb moments and going holy shit like what the fuck mm-hmm. and I'm like so one repetition to emotion and then that teaches you that no that like what you, you were right in what you were saying there is a demand for this product and the more and more people find out about it um, now it's my duty to make sure more and more people find out about it and more and more people have this information. Yeah, because you know the power behind it. I know the fucking power behind it. Dude. Brilliant, brilliant. So you kind of, 
kind of touched on it a wee bit, but I want to pick your brains on what your thoughts are on this topic. So what does successful mean to you? Okay, okay. So um, I don't know if the listeners here have ever heard of Ray Dalio, right? Um, he's a billionaire, owns a company called Br- Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ray Dalio wrote a book called Principles. Absolutely amazing book, by the way. Change your life. Highly recommended. Even though this isn't, we're not recommending books on today's episode. We may need to do another podcast like that. But Ray Dalio's Principles, and he talks about how um, there's only two things that actually really matter in life, which is 100% true, is doing meaningful work and building meaningful relationships. And in my view, if you can combine those two things, then no matter what, you're going to be successful because it's going to make you happy. I actually uh, shared a quote on the elite page the other day saying, um, success won't make you happy. Um, happiness will make you successful. Something along those lines, which is essentially true. If you uh, were the last person on planet Earth and everything was left as it is, so you had access to all of the best cars, like literally you could just go over to Porsche and grab yourself a, a car and fly up and down the motorway, you could walk into any house, you could walk into any mansion. For a couple of days, you would be in your element and you would be excited and everything would be great. But then after a while, it would be kind of like empty. Yeah. Like, fuck, there's no one to share this with. There's no one to see me driving this Porsche. Yeah. Um, you don't have to go to work. So there's nothing meaningful in it. So essentially, the only two things that really matter are meaningful work and meaningful relationships. Um, and of course, adding to nature is in passing on your DNA. <laughs> um, but it's, it, it, that could be meaning that, that could be termed as a meaningful relationship as well. But essentially, that's going to make it successful. That would be my definition of success. Now, I should also say, right? Um, and I, I think I said this before. Uh, I would probably be quite materialistic, right? Um, yeah. And it's not, I wouldn't say overly, um, but I do, I do like nice things. Um, I, I like to drive a nice car. Uh, I, I think I wear nice clothes, although I'm no fucking <laughs> fashion expert. Like, but everyone likes to, likes to wear nice clothes. And I don't see it as trying to impress someone else. It makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I have those things, I feel like that I... I've la- I'm leveling up as a person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, I don't really care about what other people's perception of me. Um, I'm comfortable in my own skin, so I don't necessarily buy anything to impress other people. Mm-hmm. I'll only ever do it for me. Yeah. So could you say that's materialistic? I don't know. Some people might say it is. I, I don't see it that way. Um, but it's definitely not my idea of success. That's for sure. Um, like your success isn't limited to what you have. No, definitely not. Like it's, I, I think it's essentially limited to what you what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I see myself as a successful person because I have um, a lot of really close friends, like yourself, um, the people that I work with. Uh, I have a great relationship with my wife and my children, and essentially, like. What the fuck else do you need? Yeah. I, got, I got a roof over my head and 
you know that that's it the rest of the stuff is just kind of it's a wee thing to add to my life but it's not I wouldn't see it as successful like cool cool so this is the last question we're going to wrap things up after this yep but what I want to know is what have you got planned for 2020 without giving too much away okay you're the second person that's asked me this this week <laughs> um so I get a lot of questions from a lot of students, a lot of gym owners, a lot of personal trainers on, uh, you know, how I've managed to get to this point in my career. I know there's a lot of frustration, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast about the onboarding process and marketing and sales. I know there's a lot of frustration around that and I've had that problem as well. Mm. I've been in the position where I didn't know what to do. Um, and the, the sad part about it is, that, so there's a thing called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Dunning-Kruger. Dunning-Kruger, right? right? Mm -hmm. It's like a cognitive bias. When you're, when you're kind of in that position and when you're just starting out, you kind of, like I like I probably did back in the day, like, you know, I, I know a fair bit about training, I'm good. And it's essentially when you're telling yourself that, is that you know fuck all in comparison to what is actually out there and what's available. And the, the paradox of it is that the more information you gain, the more knowledge you gain, the more you start to realize, holy fuck, I know jack shit. Yeah. I need, like, I need more information. And then you get more information, then you're trying to acquire more and more and more and more. Um... But it, it, it's a long process in, in terms of doing that. And there's a lot of mistakes made. And I know from having coaches and mentors and people to basically single out your blind spots. Because everyone has blind spots, whether they whether they want to admit it or not. Um, but I think now at this point in my life, I'm open-minded enough to say, oh, yes, I've got a lot of blind spots and I, want, and I need to figure out what they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just know based on my own experience from having someone do that for me, it has like 10 x my, um, me as a person, as a leader, as a business owner, as a friend, as a parent, mm -hmm. like literally in every way possible. So I think my focus in 2020 is to help more personal trainers and more gym owners with exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, because like I say, I've had that problem. I know how to solve it. I'm already helping people solve it. So that is definitely going to be my main focus for 2020. Awesome. Good chat. We're going to wrap things up now. Yep. Um, there, but I think we should mention something. If there's people out there who want the topic covered or want to ask any questions, yeah. to, to send us, well, we've got an email address. So if you want to email us, you can send it to fitnessbusinesslife at gmail.com. Yep. Or if they want to hit you up on social media, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram M underscroke J underscroke Lennon. What's yours at Coach Steve O Hybrid? Yeah, at Coach Steve O Hybrid. At Coach Steve O Hybrid. Cool. Um, yeah, hit us up with a couple of questions, and if you got value from this episode, or you know someone that will get value from this episode, go ahead and share it with them. Take it easy, guys. Bye.